you've got to believe in what you're doing instead of just trying to create something because you want other people to buy it. And a lot of artists are told to do that. And it's really bad advice because it doesn't feel authentic. And it kind of backfires because people can sense that. So that's why I always start with musicians by identifying exactly how you want your music to impact people in a way that you find meaningful. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanoff. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here, you're listening to Music Growth Talks and uh, today on this episode uh, we are having a guest whose name will be familiar to many of you because uh, this person was on the show already uh, and uh, I highly recommend you uh, listening to episode number 115 uh, for some uh, really cool insights. Uh, the episode was very popular among the listeners. And uh, the name of the guest is Greg Wilnow, the founder of Musician Monster. Uh, Greg does some amazing work uh, to inspire and educate musicians uh, to build successful music careers. Uh, his focus has been on live performances, live shows, and earning for live shows and music branding. He covers other uh, areas of the music business as well and music marketing uh, and anything related, clearly. But um, we talked about uh, uh, live shows on that previous episode. So for the five-phase plan for making money at every gig you play, uh, listen to episode number 115. And today we're talking about branding and uh, you are going to learn some very specific actionable tips here. I'm not going to tease it much more here because it's just like half an hour packed with advice. Uh, Listen on in full and let us know, let Craig know on his social media profiles uh, if you have any feedback. Um, And uh, yeah, so do let me know as well remember that's uh, the best platform to get in touch with me and provide feedback and send requests and get exclusive educational content from me is my patreon page so go to patreon.com forward slash andrew epanov i'm working on preparing some big changes and updates to the platform i will be doing a lot more there in the nearest future Uh, but for now there is just one tier one dollar per month Uh, it's a great way to support the show and access exclusive content so check it out and uh, for now here we go Uh, my conversation with greg will know Greg, welcome to Music Growth Talks once again. Let me know how you're doing today. I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me again. It's awesome to reconnect. Yes, and I think we even mentioned on the previous episode with you that we should record a separate one and talk a bit more about what you uh, touched upon on the on that episode. And uh, it's something that is uh, really interesting and we got some interesting feedback from the listeners as well and this is something that i uh, would like to ask you more questions about and it's roughly speaking generally like broadly speaking is branding and uh, to start with i have a question to you how do you define a music brand or when you talk to a musician who has a very basic understanding of what branding is how do you explain what brand or branding is to a music artist? So in a fundamental sense, it's matching the sound and spirit of your music with visual design. 
That's essentially it. But that's usually the second step in branding, like, but that's what most people think. So first step is really to identify how you want your music to impact other people in a way that you find meaningful as an artist and have that as your core first. And then you can move from there into the more tactical approach of matching the sound and spirit of music with, you know, visual designs and, and things like that. But um, was that a good definition? Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, th- that's uh, that's a good start, and uh, the, that part of matching a visual design or an image, roughly speaking, with uh, music is uh, something that makes a lot of sense, but uh, creates some some issues with some performers, some some artists, from what I've seen. So, do do, do you want to comment on on that part? How you usually approach? finding what kinds of uh, visual design may match the artist's personality and the sounds. Yep, sure. So maybe we should take a step back for a second and just kind of briefly overview what we talked about in the last episode. I know that you, because it re- directly relates to this, I know that we yeah. don't want to go into it in, in too much detail. But, yeah, good idea. So yeah. what we're talking about is, last episode I talked about a five-phase plan to earn dependable income from live music. and Phase two of that, I think it was either phase one or phase two, pretty sure it's phase two, is to get your branding, right? And so that's what we're talking about in relation to this. And what we're going to do, I think, Andrew, what you're saying is we're going to go into some more detail about once you kind of, you know, have your branding, we're going to go over that a little bit, you know, some basics of that. But, you know, we're going to talk about how to leverage your brand at your live performances, specifically how to, you know, create merchandise that people want to buy so when you go to your performance you sell merchandise and that's one of the things the benefits of that but you know picture going to your performance and standing in front of a crowd of people who are all wearing your gear you know yeah, i mean that's yeah. that's a powerful you know that's a powerful thing so when that's what happens when you match you know the mission behind your music to visual design and that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about here i really like that you brought up the theme of merchandise and physical products because usually we talk just about the online stuff and social media and uh, it's clearly important to keep uh, the visual branding consistent across your web properties and things like that but merchandise is uh, is really interesting and crucial for anyone who performs live because this is where the the potential is to earn money and establish a great relationship with uh, with the fans with just listen as someone who just discovered you accidentally at this gig they went with, uh, then to with a friend, but then if they own a hoodie with your, with whatever design you, uh, you put there uh, with your logotype, potentially it can really help establishing this kind of really cool relationship. So I hope to get some insights from you on that. But yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but to anyone listening, as I mentioned, we are linking to the, previous episodes in the show notes so be sure to check that one out uh, really insightful and once again we got lots of uh, amazing feedback to to that episode because of how actionable it was okay so yeah so where where, uh, where do do you uh, where, where do we go next with someone we're, we're not discussing a case study here for any specific artist but uh, just uh, theoretically if there is uh, a new artist you're consulting or working with who who is trying to figure out these branding stuff for themselves, what would be the next step? Yep. So the first step is, like I said, you want to figure out how you want your music to impact people in a way that you find meaningful. 
so that you can get clear on the core of your message and what it is that you believe and the underlying theme and purpose behind everything that you do. And this is a little bit different because a lot of people teach branding in that it's just about pretty colors and a logo and, you know, finding an audience that and matching your the expectations the audience has of you to stuff so that, you know, they buy what you're selling. And, you know, that works fine for some businesses, but as a musician and as an artist, it doesn't really work. And the reason for that is because music is so much more, comes so much more from the heart of the artist. You know, forgive me for sounding melodramatic, but it's true. And you've got to believe in what you're doing instead of just trying to create something because you want other people to buy it. And a lot of artists are told to do that. And it's really bad advice because it doesn't feel authentic. And it kind of backfires because people can sense that. So that's why I always start with people, musicians and artists, by identifying exactly how you want your music to impact people in a way that you find meaningful. And then once you have that, you can base all of your branding decisions around that. And then that's where we get started. Then we can move into, into the next step, which is what I call finding your brand core. Do you have any comments on that before I move on, Andrew? No, no, I, I, wanna... I, know, I know that you have some interesting uh, exercises to figure out mm-hmm. what kinds of values you stand for, how to uh, formulate these kinds of interests uh, and core values that can be used in branding because uh, every artist uh, has it. And I haven't seen a single musician who doesn't have something interesting, some kind of a story to tell, but most of the times they are just hiding it. They don't want to use it as a part of their brand because they don't think that it, uh, they don't feel comfortable about showcasing that and so on. So um, yeah, if you have anything to add in terms of the actual process, I know yep. that you don't want to go too much into that right now. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, to start with, for, for our listeners, to just, just asking a question of, what yep. uh, what you stand for is is a good start, but what, what how yeah do you have any advice on approaching it? Yep. So if you're in your example, Andrew, if you're having trouble knowing whether or not there are things that you want to include in your story and that you're kind of struggling with, that's because you're getting too tactical, right? So you want to take a step back, even from that first. You want to drop who you are as a musician. You want to stop thinking about your music and think of yourself as an individual and what, how you want to impact people. For example, the way that I want to impact people is I want to inspire creative people to bring their ideas to life and show them how to do it. So that is affected not only in my music, right, but it's also affected in you know, Musician Monster and even this interview. That dictates everything that I do. So I have this method. I call it the Coffin Method. And what it is is and this, you know, there's more in my course about this, but I'll just reveal the basic overview here is you think about how your the end of your days and the end of your life and how people reflect on the way that you impacted them. And you think about what you want, what you would want somebody to say about you after you're dead, right? And how you impacted their life. And then you use that as a way to frame how you want your music to impact people. And you got to get clear on that first. And then once you're clear on that, you know everything that doesn't matter anymore, right? All the advice that people tell you, all the tactical stuff, all the branding stuff, you can answer those questions for yourself because your brand has to come from you. The way you impact people has to come from you. That nothing, Nobody can plant that in your heart for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to find it. And the coffin method is the most effective way that I know of because I've used it myself to find that first. And then everything... Everything you do branding-wise after comes from that. Did that answer your question? Uh, perfectly. Thank you. 
just excellent. I don't Absolutely. have any follow-up questions on that. So that's very specific and it's big. It's not doesn't mean that it's an easy exercise necessarily, but uh, definitely effective. So yeah, yeah we absolutely. we can move on to the second. Oh, I actually lost the count. I think it's second, but yeah, yeah, no. the next step. There's actually there's actually three steps. That's step one. Oh, so okay. the next step is to match the sound and the emotion behind your music with visual designs. And I call this your brand core. And there are three elements to your brand core. And it's color, typography, and art style. Okay. So basically what you do is if you want to start find once you have once you have, you know, your your mission and your vision and your purpose and all that stuff, you can then start answering specific questions about how to brand the sound of your music. All right. So you might not know this, you probably know this, Andrew, but there are specific ways that you can match the sound of your music with a visual design. And the best way to start with that is color, right? So if you think about what I have people do is I have them list out some of the emotions that they want people to feel when they listen to your music, when they listen to their to your music, or what you know people already feel when they listen to it. List out those emotions and then start looking for colors that match those emotions. Like and you probably know about this, but there's, you know, certain colors convey certain emotions when we look at them, you know? Like blue. Blue is often associated with feeling sad, or red is associated with feeling anger. So matching the emotion in your music to a specific color is a perfect way to start branding your music, right? And that's just one of them. So there's two more. There's color, there's, that was color, and then there's graphics and art style and typography, right? So I'm not going to detail into those in, unless you want me to, because those are a little bit, those are a little bit more, those are a little bit more difficult. No, to, yeah, to t- totally, totally, totally. Would you recommend someone just going to Pinterest and creating some kind of a mood boards with graphics they like? To understand yeah, kind so of actually, the, the, the I, have a, I have a cheat sheet on this. You can download it and it kind of goes over this. You can get it at musicianmonster.com forward slash brand. But what I typically recommend is finding fonts that represent emotion as well. And I give us a couple of examples in the cheat sheet you can check out. But there are also archetypes you can follow. I call these the music brand archetypes. You can create a personal brand, a persona. You can create a th- a theme, a thematic brand, or you could follow a genre. Most people follow genres, but there are certain color combinations and font combinations that match up with those different archetypes. And I break all those down for you in the cheat sheet. Excellent. I'm linking to it in the show notes, of course. So sort of interrupting, but just to to anyone listening. I'll just give an an example to create some fictional stuff. Absolutely. So for a personal brand, typically... This has like a coffee house vibe. Think somebody like Colby Calais or Taylor Swift when she first started. She's actually morphed into a persona now, which most artists that start out as personal brands morph into personas. They typically have fonts that match their handwriting, right? And their logo is their signature. So that's a perfect way to kind of figure out your font. Graphics and art style for personal brands are typically images that represent the artist, like personal images of the artist. So... Those are a good way, picking an archetype is a good way to figure out kind of how you want your brand core to turn out. So your color, your graphics, and your art style. But color is the best way to get started with that. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I, I just realized that I I haven't changed my signature since seven since I was seven years old, so I wouldn't use it as a logo, but <laughs> definitely good advice. Well, you probably, and, yeah. probably wouldn't be a personal brand, right? You'd probably be a, a combination of a persona, maybe with a personal brand. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just here. Good, good point. No, no. Th- this is 
This is good stuff, very specific as well. I don't have any specific questions here as well. So I think we can move on to the next one just because it's a very big and broad topic. And uh, uh, I understand the process myself when we do design projects for musicians we work with who need branding. We, I mean, there, there are questionnaires and uh, a bunch of uh, research involved into, uh, into this pro- uh, process. So if the listener, if uh, you guys have questions to us, very specific questions, feel free to just ask uh, on you know social media i'm linking to the handles of greg in the show notes as well so just tweet him or you know just but i greg don't worry you we usually don't get too many public comments so you won't be you know <laughs> overwhelmed with questions but uh yeah to anyone listening i i hope it's not a bad advice to to do that yep absolutely so what do, do we have the third step next yep the third step is to take your brand core and plug it into templates And what I like to do is, you know, if you have design experience, you can use something like Photoshop, but most people don't. Most people, I recommend they use free tools that are available uh, and free templates, or if they have trouble with that, they hire a professional. Like I don't do design work. Like I have a design firm and a marketing firm, but I don't do, I don't hire myself out. So like I would recommend somebody like you or to help artists with, with the visual side of their brand if they're having trouble. But Essentially, what you do is once you have those three fundamental design elements that look like the sound of your music, all you can do is you can go to a place like Canva, who has amazing free templates, and then just plug your brand core into those templates and know that they'll look great and match the sound of your music. What happens is after you have those visual elements kind of lined up, you also have the spirit and the message because you did all that hard work in the beginning. So intuitively, those things will start, will start lining up. And what's really cool about this is it doesn't matter you know, what your genre is, what your current style of music is, your direction or project or whatever, you know, you can follow the same basic process because you have that, you know, you have that message and that meaning that you have in in step one. And then, you know, that your brand core and the templates and all that, those can change, you know, the visual design and this, this, you know, matching the sound of your music to that can change with time. Yeah. And, you know, that's what's kind of cool about it because, you know, you don't want to be a slave to your brand you know, the visual parts of your brand. You don't want your painters to paint yourself in a corner. So that's what's really cool about this process. It's kind of like a creative, it's a creative thing that uh, comes from you just as much as your music does. Yeah, th- that's, a, that's a very good point. A very important one because it, it is definitely a creative process. But I, yeah, sometimes uh, I think some musicians may be approaching it as just something they have to do without putting, without contributing enough to it while it's so important. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, what you brought up early about merchandise is a great way to test how 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 good your how well your branding matches your your music by well partly how well your merchandise items are sold on your shows. It's of course not as easy as that. There are many aspects of selling merchandise online or at live thing, uh, events, but. I would really like to kind of focus on that if possible, merchandise specifically, not using the graphics you've created for your brand online, but using it on physical products that people can wear or hold in their hands. So very specific. I mean, are you fine with switching to that topic right now or did you want to? Yep. Nope, that's fine. I think we covered the basics of that enough to get a sense of it. Yeah. But I just wanted to go back and say one thing on a comment you made and that's as musicians we feel often reluctance or resistance to branding and that's 
I think one of the reasons that happens, or I know one of the reasons that happens is because we're following traditional branding advice that tells us to brand like a business would. Yeah. And when you do this other step first, you know, the stuff that I'm talking about and focus yeah. on how you want to impact people in a way that you find meaningful with your music first, that changes the game. Right? Yeah. It removes that reluctance because instead of it feeling like a marketing exercise or a business exercise, or you're trying to trick people into buying your stuff, it becomes a way to spread your message and impact people and inspire people. Yeah. And that is a huge, huge shift in mindset. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that before. No, absolutely. It's like a must, really. We are not, musicians are not selling. This is something that we've mentioned quite a few times on these podcasts. But it's, we're not, it's not a solution to a problem that uh, people who buy from businesses have. It's, it's more right. uh, like establishing this connection on the emotional side. So the getting someone to buy from you, it's, it's, it really means a lot these days, especially when music is uh, available pretty much for free and things like that. So you have to be authentic on uh, with not just the sound, but with your voice online, with uh, your logotype and the photos and the visuals and everything. So I hope that... It's your brand, man. Yeah, it's all yeah. got to be cohesive. Exactly, yeah. yes. So even more important... People are uh, buying just, into yeah. your mission. They're joining... Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, joining so, your mission. They're joining your cause and your story. So yeah, so, it's, it's different. So, so yeah, just just kind of to sum up, it's, it may in many ways even be more important than for a traditional quote-unquote business. So this was the strategic part we talked about, and uh, there are many more things that uh, you could potentially share. I know that really well. Because I know that what's kind of uh, how how much great advice you hold, and I've seen what kind of stuff you've been sharing with musicians is really valuable. So I just uh, thought that we before we wrap it all up, like if we can cover some tactical things, it will be quite yep. cool as well. Yep. Merchandise that I, I mentioned. So a very specific question to you here. So do, how, how do you even approach? deciding on what kind of graphic to use just like trying to use a logotype as much as possible or so there are different approaches to these using lyrics from like quotes from the songs of an artist if there is something really catchy or just uh, using artwork that matches the style especially if you have an illustrator for example who can create really cool graphics this this is popular in in the metal world for example so how do you even have or it depends on the uh, specific brand or the genre? Yeah. So I don't think that providing specific genre advice is you know, effective, especially yeah. when I don't think that telling people to brand based on genres is the best advice in most cases. In some cases it is, but in most cases, I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's, you know, in, anyways, it's, it's, I just don't think it's very effective. So what I'll do instead, if you're cool with this, Andrew, is I'll give just the basics of how to create merchandise that people want to buy in a way that is authentic and fits with their music. And then if you want, I can also briefly explain how that then naturally ties into selling it at, at live performance in a way that doesn't feel salesy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, this, this was just a very awkward, sophisticated way to uh, to ask a question that you just formulated. So um, I don't want, I don't ask you to comment on genres uh, specifically. So yeah, what if you can talk about uh, the process of of deciding how to create uh, what kind of merchandise to create? It will be best. And yes, of course, we want to know how to sell it because why the hell would we be creating this merchandise <laughs> in the first place? So yeah, please go ahead. Well, I think that, you know, you want people to buy it, but, it, you know, just 
you know, most of us aren't really motivated just by money for its own sake. We want to know that we're making a difference and it's kind of validation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It means that, oh yes, people care about this as much as I do. So for the merchandise, the big shift for me was when I started using, when I started selling my merchandise with stories. All right. And it's not just me who, who does this and found it and has found it effective. You know, I work with Manifest, who's he's a billboard charting artist, and this is what he does. He got dropped by his label and he's and he recovered everything that was lost by telling the story to his fans and using that as live performance and using that as his at his live performances to sell merchandise and also to create it. And I stumbled upon this same thing too, and that's what I'm gonna share you guys because the first time that I actually did that used story to sell merchandise I was making like nothing for my live performances for years and the first time I did it I made almost a thousand dollars in in one in the same month from the same gigs that I was making nothing from before so so it works so to get started you want to get clear on what your story is as an artist first and then once you have that you can start identifying stories behind your music. And the reason I say you want to get started on yourself as an artist first is because once you identify your story, it kind of gives you a sense of how you can identify stories in other things and then tie them together. And remember, all this goes back to that first thing that we talked about, which was how you want to impact people. Mm-hmm. And if you're having trouble now with some of this tactical stuff, it's because you don't have the strategy and you don't have this one thing first. It, having that one thing answers all of these questions. But I'll just go over you know, how to do this first. So to get your story, there's actually a three, what I call a three-part music story formula. All right? And if you want to go to musicianmonster.com, you can find this. But I'll go ahead and give you a link. I'll give you the URL, Andrew, so you can insert it. You can insert it in yeah. the show notes. But the three-part music story is just simply this. It's called Struggle. It's called Catalyst. And then Ascension. And the struggle your story starts out with something that you struggled with early on. And then catalyst is when you made the decision to use your music to overcome that struggle. And ascension is sharing what your life is like and how you are using your music to continue to do that, not in your own life, but also in other people's. And that's the basic framework for a story. And it follows with a traditional story arc, right? Yeah. Struggle, overcome, and then success or ascension. Okay. So that's how you basically find your story, and then you can insert it into your bio and all this stuff. But so once you kind of have that, you're then kind of in tune to finding it in some of your songs. All right. And you can start looking at songs objectively, but like there might be a story in some of your songs and you don't even know what it is yet because you just haven't tried to look. Okay. So what you can do is like, let's say if you have, let's say you're a country artist and you have a song written about I don't know, playing on a, a tire swing when you were a kid, right? You have fond, that's, it sounds like such a, a country song, right? Like, but, you know, that's a fond memory for you. And so you wrote a song about it. And that's a story, you know, that's a story. So what you want to do to create your merchandise is you want to create a visual symbol that represents that story, right? So what that would be in this example would be like a tree with a tire swing hanging from it. And something that simple, okay? Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you have that song, you're playing that song live, you introduce that song by telling the story. And then once you have the merchandise, you set a display at your merch booth, and then you can point to that merchandise and mention it. So you're creating the emotional connection between your song, the story behind it, and you're bridging the gap with a piece of merchandise. 
So every individual who can connect with that story wants to then purchase that merchandise because they identify with it. And you don't even have to sell it. You just mention it and point to it. And it's the bridge is crossed. Uh, the gap is bridged. Sorry, I can't, can't talk. That's hard to say. The gap is bridged intuitively through the story. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, no, that's... And yeah, you, this is pretty much what I was trying to hint to as well. So the, the, what you're describing right now is exactly the, the connection uh, you want to establish with, uh, with fans through through your products you know they're they're cool yeah please uh please keep going if you have more to say about that uh if you have something even more tactical uh to comment on like i mean i know it's kind of it's it's not uh it's more boring than the kind of stuff we are talking about what kind of stuff you're describing right now but the kind of kinds of questions we ask uh, we get asked a yep. lot is, you know, yep. what kind of products to start with, uh, what, what kind yep. of, like, how to approach my, my yep. inventory, how, you know, how many products to have, and should I just start with T-shirts or something more original? This is actually the question I like a lot because, yeah, so I, there are pros and cons with going with unusual kinds of products. Yeah. But yeah, if you have any yep. comments on that. Yeah. So what I started doing is a lot of times I would, started out selling my my logo on a t-shirt and you know that's fine but you know people get bored of it so once you start getting more people out to your gigs and selling your stuff you're going to want more to buy so what i recommend is thinking about one song that connects with people the most all right and i do recommend t-shirts first Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're doing live, what you can do is if you don't want to invest in all that overhead first, I recommend doing print on demand. I'm sure you've talked about print on demand before, Andrew, because you know you're all about digital stuff. So you know I don't think that. Well, this is just my personal opinion. I personally ignored all of the do everything online advice and focused on my live performance using the internet as infrastructure to kind of grow and scale what I was doing at my live performance. But what I do like about the internet is the scalability and the low cost. So that's why I like print on demand. So if you want to, t- if you have a t-shirt design that you want to test before you invest in spending all that money to find out whether people will buy it or not, yeah. try creating a design, uploading it to the printful, the printful.com, and then driving traffic to it to see if anybody buys it. And what happens is, is you don't have any t-shirts printed. T-shirts only get printed when somebody buys them. So there's no overhead. And then if people buy them and they like them, then you can print some more and have some more and have some in stock. But I definitely recommend getting started with T-shirts because those are the easiest to sell. Yeah, And then no. they're the easiest to, to test. That, that makes a lot of sense. And great advice. And Printful is a really cool company for testing. I mean, we yeah, we're really big on testing and experimenting and figuring out what works before investing be it you know a a facebook ad budget or a thousand t-shirts you may print without uh, testing the market first so yeah great advice here so yeah Yeah. Yeah. any any related stories from your personal experience when you are selling merch on your shows this is usually one of some some of the most interesting stuff how it's been working for you so you mentioned that uh, uh the logo type is something that you started with, but then what kind of designs you switched to? Yeah, so we had this, we threw a lot of house parties, right? Because our market is college kids. So we threw a lot of house parties. So we had this kind of mascot that we created. 
called Johnny Party Hard, right? And we had a song about him. And that basically through the branding and through the design, we personified who our fan who our fans were. So they wanted to buy that shirt. You know what I mean? And we yeah. didn't even have to talk about it or sell it. We just put it on our we started wearing them on stage and we put them on our merch booth. And I mean, you know, we couldn't keep them in stock. So, you know, once you embrace that, the point is once you embrace that persona, whether yeah. it's persona or you want to be authentic or once you figure out how you want to impact people and, you know, how you want to do your thing, a lot of these questions start to answer themselves, right? And the best way to start is to think about which song people respond to the most and then start asking your question, yourself questions about, is there a story behind this? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Maybe you don't have one, but see if you can find one. You know, it doesn't matter so much as if you knew what the story was when you wrote it. You can go back and you can look in hindsight and you you could craft a story around it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a great one because I think it's uh, it's something that will resonate with lots of our listeners. Like if you're asking them to pick a song which clearly has a story and there is a... a just uh, yeah, the emotional connection between uh, f- coming from the artist. I think it's it's really not a difficult uh, task uh, and quite an interesting one, and it can lead to some really cool, well, it, the products and designs eventually. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, like, I call this the story gap. So if you've ever, if you've ever like played live, I know I used to play, you know, I play live all the time before. I started doing this, it would feel like between the time that the music left my hands and the speakers and reached the ears of the other person, it would feel like something was lost. You know, like, why aren't these people connecting with it? Why, you know, why it feels like some of my music is losing its power or something. Right, right, right. And I called that the story gap. And what it is, is people connect with other people through story. So sometimes people are just going to connect with your music through the sound of it, but other times they're not. And the way that you can bridge that gap is through story. And, you know, a perfect example of this when you attach story to music is with movies. You know, watch a movie without the music and it's pretty lame, man. Yeah. So you're just, you're doing that here, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's an important part as well. Makes a lot of sense. Really cool. I propose to kind of wrap it up and as uh, we usually try to do, like leave our listeners hungry a bit. So uh, feel free to add anything else that you, you, you have to, you really want to say on the matter, on these topics that we uh, talked about here and uh, where our listeners can find more about your work and if you have any current offers or programs, courses books and things like that. Yep. So leave them hungry. All right. I struggled with all of this stuff. Like I wanted to impact people. I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to leave my mark. But the problem was, is I never defined what that, what I wanted that mark to be. So I had no way to answer any of these questions. Like, it sounds like I have this all together and all figured out, but it wasn't until I actually sat down and figured out how I wanted to impact people and define that for myself as an individual, that I was able to answer all of these questions. Because until you have that, you know, people are projecting themselves to you. They're projecting their opinions and what they think you ought to do. And as an artist, if you don't have your own internal compass, you know, if you can't look to yourself first, 
then you're constantly just reflecting the opinions of others. And when you do that, you sound like everybody else. Right. Mm. And it's just a terrible way to go about it because you get ignored. You don't have, Mm. you're not an individual. So think about how you want to impact people with what you create and to figure that out, ask yourself, what would somebody say about me at the end of my life? What would I want to have impacted? How would I want them to say that I've impacted them? Do that first and your entire life as an artist will change. So that is the thing that I would leave you with. So if you want to learn more about me, you can go to musicianmonster.com. That's my website. I have a bunch of really free, cool resources that you can use that will help you get heard and do some of the things that we've talked about. Specifically, you can check out my music branding cheat sheet, which is available at musicianmonster.com forward slash brand. I have a course called Music Brand, where I teach the three-step music brand process. And I'm actually currently offering one-on-one coaching as you go through the course. So you get the benefit of learning the process, but also working with me through it to help you build your brand. So if you want to check that out, you can download the cheat sheet. And there's all that free information, great free information in there, but it also includes information on how you can decide if the course is right for you. Excellent. I'm linking to everything in the show notes, of course. Really appreciate uh, the great stuff you've shared with us here. So thanks, Greg. And we should repeat this sometime in the future because uh, I, I don't feel that like, like we're done here. <laughs> I have more questions <laughs> to you. So um, yeah, but thank you for, I hope that our listeners appreciated the information that you've shared. And just as a call to action also, please, uh, yeah, to the listeners consider leaving a comment uh, or, or or just share what you thought with greg on social media so thank you greg rock on man thank you all for listening go to dottedmusic.com and find the show notes for this episode mgt 131 uh, there will be the links to the resources greg mentioned including the uh, the the branding cheat sheet uh, and the free part music story framework uh, some great material there uh, so check it out and uh, let Greg know on social media uh, me as well you know where to find me almost certainly uh, and uh, yeah don't forget to subscribe to this uh, podcast by email uh, if you already subscribed on uh, in the you know podcast app of your preference but I would just encourage you to subscribe via email as well at uh, musicgrowthtalks.com yeah so uh, I'm done with the promotional parts I just have to mention these things this is very important because every subscriber uh, gives me additional confidence uh, in uh, continuing to do this thing and uh, I really want to be doing a lot more episodes in the nearest future uh, so uh, it's really appreciated and uh, if, if you if you end up on my email list and if you subscribe uh, with Apple Podcasts, Spotify and so on it's quite amazing as well I really appreciate uh, you being there and listening to what I have to share with you so thank you so much and till the next one you've been listening to music growth talks with andrew apanov find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com